Hallelujah. I don't know how you can follow anything as precious as that. But I believe that a little over a week ago, God gave me a specific word for this moment in time. You know, sometimes we take so many things and we assume they're by chance and we happen to be at a certain place or we happen to happen upon something. But I don't believe that it's always that way, that God ordains things, that He places words and messages for us so that regardless of what we are going through, He is speaking to us and we know that He is speaking to us. And I believe that this is one of those times. I can't feel so strongly about this particular word. And I'll try to be mindful of the time. Second Timothy uh, chapter 1, verse number 5. Second Timothy chapter 1, verse number 5. Thank you for standing for the reading of the word. When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelleth first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice. And I am persuaded that in thee also. This is not what I'm going to speak about, but I think sometimes we're so anxious about somehow these generational curses and things that we inherited from those that gone on before us. But I want to uh, let this be a reminder that there has been some spiritual payments that have made. Uh, and I'm all for accepting those that have gone on before me. There was an anointing that was on a generation prior to me. And so I want that to flow down to me. I receive that. And Paul is speaking to Timothy and he continues on. In verse number 6 he says, Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God, which is in thee by putting on of my hands. Stir up the gift. Sometimes we have to put everything else aside and say, you know what? There is nothing else that will help but the presence and power of God. And so you have to take a time aside and say, I'm going to stir up the gift. As we pray over this place right now, Lord Jesus, I pray over the next few moments. God, I felt so strongly your word, and without doubt there is someone within the hearing of my voice that is looking for an answer. Lord God, that is desperate for a word, and I pray, God, that you speak, Lord, directly into their heart and into their soul right now. Let there be, Lord, faith that would be birthed again. Let there be a new expectation again. Let something be stirred up on the inside that cannot be contained. Lord, let it be stirred up in this place, I pray. In the precious name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, let it be loose. There's a liberty that's happening in this place right now, God. Let that liberty be loose in this place. Let there be an expectation even now. Let a heart somehow be stirred. Let there be an awakening. Let something be quickened in the spirit. Let there be an expectation right now. In the name of Jesus, we pray. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, hallelujah. Yes, Jesus, yes, Jesus. Hallelujah. You can be seated. Hallelujah. What we know about 2 Timothy is that it is Paul's last letter that he is going to write. Within the next 12 months, he can see the writing that is there. He knows what is going to happen. He knows he is going to be put 
to death. And he is looking over all the places he has been and the revivals that have happened and the people's lives that he has touched. And there was something, you can feel it as you began to read Second Timothy, that he is so burdened with and he is stirred with. And so his last writing, he is writing to this young Timothy and he wants him to understand some things. It's often called Paul's last will and testament, this epistle, because it is the last thing that he writes. You sense the urgency. You sense the concern. And it is written directly to Timothy, but obviously as you began to read it, he hoped that the audience would be way bigger than just Timothy. We began to see Paul began to pour out in words as he begins to talk to Timothy about the truth being under fire. He begins to talk about how we have to be faithfulness as a workman and faithfulness in response to false teaching and faithfulness in response to a sinful world and faithfulness to trust or the truth and persecution and faithfulness to the word and faithfulness to ministry and faithfulness when no one else stands with you. You must be faithful. Greater persecution is on the, on the horizon, and Paul can see it, and sure enough, it does follow. And there's the false teaching of those that they once held very dear to them, and they see it happening, and Paul is writing, and not uh, with, with his hand, you know, kind of head in the sand or pie in the sky philosophy, but he, he can see just as easily as Timothy, and he's beginning to pour out his heart to him, and he said, you've got to get something inside of you. You've got to understand something. If you are enjoying your woe is me party, don't read 2 Timothy. As they say, it's a good swift kick in the pants, right? It's, uh, hey, there's some things you're just going to have to deal with. And so Paul's passionate plea is that Timothy remain strong, stay faithful to the truth and the fulfilling and to fulfill the call. We have all... At some point, we have a childhood story of where it first happened for us. And we know how the fire was started. And now in the fireplace or in the fire pit, as a child, you go back and there is not a flicker of flame that is left. And there is a light gray ash that has covered everything. And you can put your hand even down by it. And you don't feel too much of any heat or very little. And the amazement as a child, and you watch that one who understands what is just below the surface, as they began to take a stick and they began to rake back the ashes and they began to stir that ember that is down inside. They get down close to it and with their breath they began to breathe as it were life into the coals and they began to glow and to spark again. And they take some tinder, it didn't take a big log, but some tinder and they began to place it on those embers. Nothing seems like it's going to happen, but a process has been started there was a little bit of smoke that is there, but there is not a single flicker of fire. And again, get down by those embers and where that tinder is and began to blow 
into that ember. And suddenly that whiff of smoke vanishes in an instant. And there is now a small flame that begins to flicker. And they begin to add more wood. And before you know it, there is a fire that is again burning from a place that seemed like there was no fire left. And Paul is writing, hey, you've got to stir up the gift. You've got to stir it up. Even when you feel like there's nothing left, even when you feel like all the fire is gone and there's no use trying anymore and all the ashes settle down over what used to be a raging fire, Paul is saying in this visual image that he is writing in words, Timothy, you better learn how to stir up the gifts. You better learn just like your daddy taught you how to prepare a fire and to rekindle it. There's some times apostolics that there's things going on in the world and you better know how to get to an altar and begin to stir the embers and let the fire begin to burn again. You begin to let the Holy Ghost blow over those embers until something is rekindled. Paul is writing not from someone who has never suffered anything, but he is writing from a place of experience as he pours out his heart to Timothy and wants to make sure that Timothy doesn't miss it. From a place of being well respected to a place where no one wants to be associated with him anymore. And persistent sickness, and he healed others. And three times he got so desperate, the scripture says, that he prayed, God, take this affliction from me. And heard nothing until the last time. And it wasn't, you're going to be healed. But simply the words, my grace is sufficient. It's not the words that he wanted to hear. And 2 Corinthians begins to talk about all the stripes above measure that were laid upon him. The prisons more frequent. The deaths often five times uh, he reserved, re uh, received 39 stripes. And three times uh, he was beaten with rods. And once he was stoned. Uh, a day and night in the deep. Uh, three times shipwrecked. Uh, and then he goes on and journeys often. In perils of water. In perils of robbers. In perils of mine own countrymen. In perils of the heathen. In perils of the city and perils in the wilderness and perils in the sea and perils of false brethren all of those in weariness and painfulness and watchings often in hunger and thirst and fasting often in cold and in nakedness and I'm sure Paul in those times wanted somebody to walk up beside him and say Paul it's going to be okay Paul you're going to make it. Paul, you got this. Somebody to walk up beside Paul and lay their hands on him again and say, Paul, in the name of Jesus, I lose something inside. We all want those things to happen. A brother to encourage him, to tell him to keep on keeping on. But we don't see that happening, at least not very much for Paul. In fact, in Timothy Paul is writing, he said, no man stood with me. All men forsook me. All men. More than likely, it's another hearing that he is before Nero now. And he's expecting somebody to come to his defense and stand beside him. And not a single person showed up. 
What are you going to do then, Timothy? If you go through what I've gone through, what are you going to go then when there's no one that stands beside you and there's no one that encourages you and there's no one that speaks faith into you? Because it's no surprise that we too endure the heartache and we get worn out from the fight and discouraged by the family problems and disappointed by those that have left the faith and now seem to want to flaunt their sins so publicly. And angered by those that said they would never leave us. And, and the sickness that won't go away. And the friend that said they would never turn their back on us. And the boss that never seems to be pleased. And about the time you see a light at the end of the tunnel. It seems like the earth gives way under your feet. And the truck won't start. And the hot, we hot water heater stops making hot water. And the rumors of layoffs have started again. And you've been faithful for so long. And now you're just plain give out. The flame that seemed to be extinguished, that used to be so bright now, is extinguished. And Paul is writing to that young brother. He say, what are you going to do then? And we hear Satan get up in our ear. And began to tell us, see there, it's all gone. I have taken it away from you. In fact, I don't know if you ever had anything to begin with. But if you did, it's mine now. I took it from you. I've got some news for you. If you've ever heard those words spoke into your hearing, I've got some news for you. The world didn't give it to me, and the world can't take it away. The world didn't give it to you, and the world can't take it away. When you poured out your heart to Him, and He filled you with that precious gift of the Holy Ghost, and you began to speak with other tongues, and now there's a devil whispering in your ear, and he said, See there, I've reached inside of you, and I have extracted what you once had. I've got news for Him. You didn't give it to me, Satan, and therefore you can't take it away. Way. Ha. There's a Holy Ghost in fire, and it's keeping me alive, and you can't touch it. You can't do nothing about it. Hallelujah. Paul, if we go to that same scripture that I already read, and in the Amplified Version, it begins to expound on the words. And hear it again. I'm calling. This is Paul speaking. He said, I'm calling up memories. Oh, I'm calling up memories in this sanctuary right now. Oh, God is able. You've been, through the, oh, you've been through some things in the past. You know good and well God is able, but you've just forgotten. And I'm asking somebody to stir it up just again for another moment to stir up that memory. Of your sincere and unqualified faith. The leaning of your entire personality on God and Christ. And absolute trust and confidence in His power. Absolute trust and confidence in His wisdom. Absolute trust and confidence 
in his goodness. A faith that first lived permanently in the heart of your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And now I am fully persuaded dwells in you also. You need to hear it not from me, but from God Almighty who speaks that I place something inside of you and it still dwells on the inside of you. I am persuaded that nothing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. That spirit that he has placed inside of us. That is why I remind you to stir up, to rekindle the embers of Fan the flame of and keep burning the glorious gift of God, the inner fire that is in you by the means of laying on of my hands. Stir up the gifts. Stir it up again. Timothy, I know what you're going through. If anybody knows what you're going through, I've been through it. I've seen exactly and worse than you're probably ever going to experience. But this one thing I've learned, when it seems like nothing is ever going to work out again, stir up the gifts. When it seems like you can't get an answer from God, stir up the gifts. When it seems like you can't get a promise from God, stir up the gifts. When it feels like you can't feel Him anymore, stir up the the gifts. When it feels like you can't pray anymore, stir up the gifts. When it feels like the anointing has left you, stir up the gifts. I get it. We all want the pastor, the evangelist, somebody to come and lay their hands on us and speak a word of faith that turns our world upside down. I get it. I want it too. I'm human just like you are. But Paul is reminding Timothy, and he's reminding us, you got this. Stir it up again. Let the Holy Ghost blow on the embers again. And in a moment, it will burst into flames. I'm not going to deny it's hard or even that it is difficult. But hear me, I refuse to let go, uh, 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 to, to let you go on believing that you are nothing, uh, that you are worthless, uh, that you are powerless, uh, that Satan has stolen it all, uh, that faith cannot be rekindled again, uh, and that every promise carefully written uh, inside that leather-bound Bible of yours uh, is gone forever. I refuse to let you go on believing that. It is in this passage uh, that Paul is pouring it out to, to Timothy. And after he makes this statement, he goes on to say, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Uh, understand that is where those words were written. Uh, when it seems like you can't even do anything anymore. And you're so afraid to even keep on keeping on. Uh, because it just seems like there's too many fights uh, and too many battles. Uh, that is who Paul is writing to Timothy. And he's saying, hear me stir up the gifts what have you got to be afraid of that spirit is not of God stir up the gifts Timothy stir up the gift again Timothy stir up the gift again let the spirit blow on the embers again as we all stand in this place believe me I get it I am human just like you. I have the same trials. I've got family too. I've had friends as well. 
I have a job, I have bills, I have health issues. But if it is my time to depart this earth, it won't be because of lack of faith. It won't be because I just gave up. It won't be because I accepted the inevitable. It won't be because I accepted what others said is my fate. It won't be because I chose to cower under the words of my doctor. It won't be because I assume the fire has gone out. It won't be because I let my faith wilt and melt away. I will stir up the gifts again. It's all gone. Remember, as a child, in all that you were, when that elder reached down and brushed off the ash off the embers and got down real low and began to blow on the embers. Can you get a picture of what that looks like even now of the physical and only imagine what it looks like in the spiritual when it feels like everything has gone out and I decide to stir up the gifts again and I get down and began to blow and let the Holy Ghost began to reignite what once was dead. I will stir up the gifts again. And again. And again. And again. And again. The news hasn't gotten any better. I'm going to stir up the gift again. The words that are spoken, I don't receive them, I don't believe them, and I don't care who else believes them. Actually, I do. It hurts. But you know what I'm going to do in spite of all of that? I'm not going to just assume it's all over, that every promise is done with. I'm going to get back to a place where I know, Timothy, you've got to learn how in yourself to stir up the gifts, to begin to blow and allow the Holy Ghost to begin to... The next words I'm about to speak are going to make some people uncomfortable, and I, I apologize ahead of time because I know it's a fifth Sunday. We've already went longer than usual, and I get all of that, but somebody needs to hear what I'm speaking right now. Hear me right now. The first time I ever tried to repeat what I saw my elder do, and I blew, and I put the Kindle on, and nothing happened. It doesn't work. And then I realized it was simply a process. And that I could not stop the air from flowing across the coals. And if I was patient enough and not in too big of a hurry... 
that if I continue to blow and I continue to work and I continue to wait, that suddenly something would take hold and it began to burn. What are you saying? Sometimes we get in so big of a hurry. Pastor Jason, I went and I tried to stir it up and nothing happened. It's because we got in too big of a hurry that we weren't willing to, to let the Holy Ghost blow again until something happened. Hey, nothing happened. Well, I'm just going to stay a little bit longer and let the Holy Ghost blow in again. Hey, it still hasn't happened. I think I'll just stay in the, the Holy Ghost power and let it blow again. What are you saying? Hey, don't get in too big of a rush. But God wants to let somebody know that I will rekindle if you will stir it. I'm open up this altar right now. You know, there are people all across this place that God is speaking to you. I don't think it's a mistake. It's not by accident. God is, you've asked for a word and God has given you a word right now. Come on, begin to stir up the gifts right now. It's not over. It's not done. Oh, I know what it looks like, Timothy. I know what it feels like. I've been there. I know what you're experiencing. But if you will stir up the gifts, if you will stir it up again, if you'll let the Holy Ghost blow across those embers for a little bit longer, I promise you it will burst into flames again. I'm going to ask the whole church right now, can you make your way to this front? Maybe it's for yourself, but maybe it's to work, pray with somebody else. There's somebody else that's facing things. They don't know how they're going to get through it. They don't know what they're going to do, but you can allow faith to be imparted from you to somebody else, and that flame can begin to burn again. Come on. Maybe there's somebody in an aisle close to you. Just reach out your hand to them. Encourage them right now. Begin to speak a word of faith over them right now. Come on. The Holy Ghost is moving. He doesn't make mistakes in his promises. He doesn't make mistakes in his anointing. Yes, Jesus. Like a rushing wind, I speak a sin, just cry holy and you come. Like a rushing wind, I...